This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. All right, welcome everyone to a new week of the Hank Haney Podcast. Uh, great to be with you on a Monday. Glad you're listening. I wonder if you watched history yesterday like I did. Tiger Woods winning the Zozo Championship. Uh, Minnesota Tim is joining me this morning to talk about it a little bit uh, as well. But I'm going to give you my thoughts on that and more and where Tiger goes from here uh, this morning on the podcast. So Minnesota Tim, how are you doing? Hey, Hank, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It was fun to witness history, like you mentioned. And, uh, man, you know, talk about a once-in-a-lifetime player and a once-in-a-lifetime winner. That's that's Tiger. Oh, yeah. That's Tiger. I know. No doubt. Did you hear the gushers? Sansy? Oh, my God. Sansy was going nuts. He couldn't contain himself. Steve Sansy, he was he. Oh, my gosh. Gusher, gusher, gusher. Anyway, it was a lot to gush about. Tiger wins his 82nd tournament on the PGA Tour. Ties Sam Snead's record. Uh, Tiger's first win coming 23 years ago at the uh, Vegas uh, Shriners Hospital tournament. You, you know, you know what they do on these tournaments, Tim. What's that? You know, they, they've they've had different names over the years, but uh, if you if you win a tournament like this year and it's called one thing and you won it another time and it was called another thing, then they, 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 they say you've, you've won like two of, of this name. Like I'll give you an example. Okay. Like Marco Merrill won the AT&T Pebble Beach like five times, but I think like four of them, it was called the Bing Crosby, but it, it still says he's won five AT&T uh, Pebble Beach. Anyway, that's just a little side note there. Uh, keeping track of these names is is tough. So what 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 uh, 
Tiger won as his first event is now the Shriners uh, Hospital for Kids uh, Tournament in Vegas. And that was 23 years ago. Uh, 82 uh, tour wins now. A mark that, uh, well, one of those uh, records that, uh, I mean, I don't know, you, you look at it and you think uh, th- this is a record that maybe will never be broken. Uh, Tiger's uh, first on the list with Sam Snead. Uh, Jack Nicholas at 73. Uh, then, you you know, you, you got a, a, a drop down to, I think it is what, uh, Ben Hogan at, uh, at, at 64. And, uh, you know, I mean, it just kind of goes down down from there. So anyway, that, that that was a record that a lot of people looked at and said, "Well, mate, you know, maybe Tiger will never get it, considering the stretch that he had, uh, 2013 to 2018, where he he didn't win a tournament. Five year stretch, all the injuries, the back surgeries, and then of course the recent knee surgery. Uh, you wondered if Tiger was going to win, but now here it is. He's won three tournaments. Uh, the last year, the Tour Championship, and then the Masters, uh, then the Zozo Championship." Uh, won three tournaments in the last 13 months. Of course, the Zozo, uh, a tournament in Japan, the first year it's been a PGA Tour event in Japan. So the, the PGA Tour is kind of, you know, stepping out a little bit here. Uh, this is uh, one of these, well, it fits in the wraparound schedule, but it's an invitational, 78 players. You had to be invited. Uh, good field, uh, 31 out of the top 50 players, but, uh, you know, a short field event, no cut. And, you know, uh, let's look at that. I mean, Tigers won a lot of tournaments and no-cut fields. Uh, A lot of, uh, you know, smaller field terms. I always felt like when there was a a tournament that was a short field, whether it be, I mean, the Masters, whether it be a World Golf Championship event uh, where there's no cut, or, uh, you know, a tournament like this, like the Zozo Championship. I know it's, it's, it's a, you know, good players, 31 of the top 50 in the world. So it's, it's, it's top heavy, but you got a lot of, uh, you know, Japanese tour players that were in there and they're not, you know, top to bottom. They're, they're nothing, you know, there's a reason they're playing in Japan. Let's just put it that way. I mean, if they were, you know, that strong, they wouldn't be playing there. They'd be playing on the PGA Tour. Uh, of course, Tiger last year won the Tour Championship, a big deal. A lot of people, you know, obviously it was a, a huge, huge win for him. But thirty people in the in the field. I mean, you got to beat beat uh, you know twenty nine guys, and he did. But whenever he would play in those uh, short field events, I always felt like, boy, oh boy, he's this is this the odds just go up because the the. The more players that they have in these events, and of course they talk about this, you know, to nauseam now, about how great these players are, and and you know I I always compare them to Tiger Woods, so I I don't I don't see quite as much greatness as everybody else does. Although I mean they're they're great players, don't get me wrong, but but the thing is is I mean I guess I compare the greatness to Tiger Woods, and there is no comparison, and that's why he is, uh, you know. Well, the all-time leader now was Sam Snead for for most wins on, on the in the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, he's he's won a a, a big you know big percentage. Uh, when you look at the the players that have won or, or have have played in more than two hundred events, okay, career events, Tiger's the all-time leader now, uh, and his percentage of of wins is 22.8%. That uh, is above Ben Hogan, who was second place. He had, Hogan had 64 wins, and he uh, was at 
0.3%. That's how, this is how, how many uh, tournaments they, they win versus how many they play and what their percentage is. Uh, Byron Nelson, third on that list at, at 18%. He won 52 times. Sam Snead, who won 82 times like Tiger, uh, won only 14% of his tournaments. Tiger at, at, at 22.8%. And you look at Jack Nicholas, 73 wins, but Jack won 12% of his, of his tournaments. Uh, I'll give you another example. Phil Mickelson, 44 wins in his career, but Phil Mickelson only won 7% of his, his uh, tournaments that he, that he played in thus far in, in his career. So the Tigers also the leader in, in, in that category, uh, win percentage. And I, I think that's a, that's a big, uh, a, a, a big category, to be honest with you. I, I when I look at, 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 at this win, and of course, this is a, this, this, this record was a big thing to Tiger. And it, one of the reasons it's a big thing to Tiger is because he wants to, you know, he, he wants people to consider this to be, uh, you know, the the Mount Rushmore, the, the the big the big deal. Matter of fact, you remember when they asked him the the question of of who would be on the Mount Rushmore of golf? Uh, he made sure. Well, he put he put Jack Nicklaus on there, and he put himself on there, and he put Sam Snead on there. Uh, and you know, he, th- that was interesting to me. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I don't think he had Hogan on there. I forget when he did this. This was last year. Somebody asked him this question, but, but it, it was just interesting that he put Snead up there. And the reason he did it is because he, he wants to build this up in, in, you know, the people's minds as to being, you know, such a, a, a huge event. And it is a huge event. And I think, I think, honestly, I kind of think that, when you look at at, at the all time wins, uh, you know a lot of people would say that that's more important, especially when you look at the percentage. I mean, you know, he's tied with Snead, but Tiger's won twenty two. When he when Tiger got to the eighty two wins, he did it at a twenty two percent clip. Uh, Snead at eighty two wins, but did it at a fourteen percent clip. That's that's quite a bit of a difference right there. Now, you know, maybe Snead was a little higher than that. Maybe didn't win some of his last few tournaments. Probably didn't. But still, he wasn't at 20, 22%. So that's a, that's a big number for Tiger. Uh, it, it's his counter to the, to the Jack Nicholas, uh, is the greatest player ever, uh, manta that, that everybody gives him, uh, because of his 18 PGA or, uh, you know, major championships. Uh, and, and that's always been the standard that people have talked about is the major championships. But you wonder, you know, and, and now will people change their mind on the, the discussion? The greatest player ever, uh, you know, Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods. Tiger now has uh, tied Sneed for the all-time wins, and it's, uh, you know, 82, and Nicholas had, had 73. Uh, that's that's quite, a, quite a record. I mean, it really is. And the other thing that I wonder about is I wonder if, let's say Tiger wins – Three more majors. Now that's going to be a long shot, and it's a it's a very long shot. And I, and I want to uh, you know take you through some of the, the the percentages that I've I've worked out on on that too, and what would need to happen in in all likelihood. Um, but let's just say it happened. Let's say Tiger got to the eighteen majors and tied Jack Nicklaus. Uh, you know, at that point, if he only if if, he, if those were the only three tournaments he won, he'd have eighty five tournaments, w- tournament wins to Jack Nicklaus was eighty two. Is is that the tiebreaker? And and I and I think it absolutely would be. So so maybe 
in in Tiger's mind and and maybe in the whole golf world's mind, uh, Tiger doesn't need to beat Jack Nicklaus's record. Maybe he just needs to tie Jack Nicklaus's record. And I you know I don't know if that uh, means the world to him like I hear uh, you know the the golf media oftentimes talk about. But uh, you know I mean I, I'm sure I'm sure it's something that he would would love to do. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's it, it's the be all end all. I really don't. I think when he looks at it and he says, listen, I, I'm the all-time you know, winner on the PGA Tour. I play on the PGA Tour, and I'm the all-time winner on the PGA Tour. Now he's tied. You know, one more, and he'll be, he'll be alone at, at, at top. And you know, I'm, I think when people look, you know, of course, it, it all depends. When he's limping around at the BMW Championship, you know, everybody thinks, well, maybe he's done. Uh, you know, every time he's limping around, people think he might be done. And then, you know, here he comes back and with his knee surgery and he looked, uh, he looked good. I mean, he, he looked great uh, to start the week. It was a long week. They played a lot of golf on uh, the, the third round, which was a, a Sunday over in Japan. And then they had to come back and finish on Monday, you know, early morning start. He, he, he definitely looked a little stiffer on, on uh, the Monday, playing the last seven holes. He was doing a lot of stretching. Uh, but I thought at the beginning of the week, I thought he looked uh, looked great. And he looked uh, like he was moving good, looked like he felt good. And, uh, you know, he wins, uh, he wins well, over there. Big, you know, big, big event. Beats Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama wasn't going to be much, much of a challenge, to be honest with you. Uh, it doesn't putt good enough. Uh, although he made a couple. But, you know, I, I just, he, he's not going to, he's not going to catch Tiger. Uh, not given the fact that, uh, well, I mean, you look at Tiger when he's 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 on the lead, uh, when he's had a lead of of three shots or more, uh, going to the last round. He uh, he's twenty four out of twenty four in that category. Uh, fifty four out of fifty eight times he he's won where he's either been tied for lead or on the lead. Uh, forty three out of forty five times. He was one where he had the outright lead. Of course, the only two times he didn't win. Once in 1996, his first year on tour when uh, Ed Fiore beat him at the Quad Cities. That was, in a, I think, in a playoff. And then he lost to Y.E. Yang at the 2009 uh, PGA, T- PGA Championship. Of course, that's the big one that they, that they all talk about. But, but you know, um, when he's got a, a 54-hole lead of two shots or more, uh, he he had never lost, so it, it wasn't it wasn't going to happen. They, you know, as a matter of fact, it was interesting um, watching the the broadcast. Uh, Minnesota Tim, did did you catch Sanzi like on the, on the sixth hole? He'd already given Tiger the the tournament. Basically, it was it was. <laughs> so did you hear what he's saying? I mean, he's like, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I did hear what he was saying. It was, uh, you know, one of the things that you have to. Uh look for is the final call after Tiger Woods makes the 18th yeah. putt, you know, 18th green putt. And uh, I wasn't really blown away by Sansi's call. I was excited. I was excited to hear what he was going to say. And I wasn't really blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but, but that's probably because he'd given it to him the whole, the whole round. I mean, like on the sixth hole, he's already like, the, you know, this is history. He's and I'm like, Geez, I mean, he's got a three-shot lead. He's got a two-shot lead. It's kind of going back and forth. But, but here's the thing. 
when Tiger's on a golf course like that, and I, you know, of course, when, when we we did talked about this last week after the the skins game deal that they had, and you know, Tiger didn't he didn't look that great. I mean, he started off terrible in the skins game, and then he you know was hitting it all over the place. Actually, he started off terrible in the tournament. He bogeyed the first three holes. He was three over par. In the first round of the Zozo Championship, he comes back and he makes nine birdies and shoots 600 par 64, par 70. Uh, and you know, next thing you know, he's, he's off and running 64, 64. That had happened, I think, four times. And, of course, when he starts off like that, he doesn't, he doesn't lose. Uh, but, but I did I – said, I said – and I had, well, I had this right, but it wasn't much of a prediction. I said he'll finish, you know, top 20. Uh, when he did better than finish top 20, he finished first. I wasn't, I wasn't overly optimistic. Neither were any of the experts. Nobody picked him on any of the, the power ranking things you see on uh, PJ uh, tour.com or any of the, you know, the betting side. Nobody, you know, nobody had, I think he was 40 to one, you know, and Tiger's never 40 to one, but, uh, he, you know, he went out there and, and he, you know, he got it going and the next thing you know, it was, uh, you know, was, was all over. So I picked him to finish top 20, but I did say, I did say that, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, this, these would be perfect course conditions for him. And the reason I said that was because the golf course was soft and it got really soft with all the rain they had. I mean, they had just some like ridiculous amount of rain. First, they said it was three inches, then they said it was six inches, then they said it was 10 inches. I don't know. It was a typhoon came through there. So it was a, it was a mess. Amazing. What a good job they did on the golf course, by the way. Uh, but when, when, when Tiger played on golf courses like that in the past, it, it, first off, it was, it was very soft. So when it's soft, the fairways are wider. Uh, there wasn't a, a deep rough that was hard to get out of, he, nothing he couldn't handle. Uh, yes, it was tree-lined, but uh, there wasn't stakes. Like The courses that give him more trouble have penalty shots right or left. Like I remember, I think it's the six holes, a par five. Uh, you know, water down the left, and he, he, would, you know, he drove it in the right rough a couple times I was watching. Okay, uh, you know that's that's him hitting away from trouble. You can't play from you know ten feet underwater, but you can play from from the right rough. But he drives the ball better when there's another fairway next to the one that he's hitting into. You know, everybody says he's got to hit it in the fairway. He's got to hit it in the fairway. That's really not true. I mean, he doesn't have to hit the ball in the fairways. What he has to do is hit the ball so he doesn't take penalty shots. He, he if he avoids penalty shots. Uh, he will be okay. And I remember when I used to fret about, uh, you know, how much, much you know, how, how many fairways he was missing. His, his father told me one day, he said, Hank, don't worry about Tiger hitting in the woods. That's why his last name's Woods. He'll be fine. As long as he's got a, a swing. And and he he strikes the ball better that way. And he he drove the ball very good, very good. But he, his iron play is just fantastic. And it always has been. It's the hallmark of his game. It's the 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 part that he was he was great in in all these statistical categories. Even in driving, uh, you know, strokes gained tee, er, off the tee, he was much better than people give him credit for. I mean, people, you know, rip, you know, him for his driving. But if you go and you look back, uh, even though he didn't hit a high percentage of fairways, like like during the time that I I worked with him in two thousand four through two two thousand ten, he 
still was very good strokes gained off the tee. And that's because he kept the ball in, he kept the ball in play and he hit it a long way. And that's the formula. That's how today's game is played. Yeah, but but his iron play is is phenomenal. It always always has been. And one thing he does, and it's a, it's a lesson that Marco Mira, uh, you know, really stressed on him when he first met Tiger and hung out with Tiger when Tiger had first turned pro. They both lived down at Orlando at Isleworth, and Mark played a lot with him. And Mark says, "You got to be able to hit the ball pin high." And uh, and and that's the key to the PGA Tour, getting the ball pin high. If you get the ball pin high, you're going to have a lot of birdie opportunities. Well, that's what he does, and that's what he did. And he did that at at this Zozo Championship better than anybody. After the round, the, the final round was over, and they interviewed uh, Gary Woodland. Of course, every question they asked Gary Woodland was about Tiger Woods. You know, this is a guy who was a U.S. Open champion, and he just finished, like I think, third in the tournament. Uh, you know, he's probably going to be a, a President's Cup pick. But uh, they asked Gary Woodland about Tiger, and he says, he just he hits it, hit it so good and just hit it pin high all the time. Well, that's what you, you if you do that, you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to have a lot of, a lot of good birdie looks. And, and when they get on a soft golf course where it's like throwing darts, nobody has ever thrown darts with a golf club at pins better than Tiger Woods, period. Uh, I remember, you know, back when he Tiger played the U.S. Open at Oakmont, and he played great there. Uh, lost, I think, by a shot to Angel Cabrera. Uh, it, and uh, the third round, Tiger hit 17 greens. Like, like they still talk about the round where uh, David Graham hit 18 greens at Marion as one of the greatest ball-striking rounds ever. But but Tiger had a round like that going, which like and you wouldn't compare Marion to Oakmont, uh, you know, tee to green. I don't think not not you know not today. Uh, so this was a, probably the one of the greatest ball striking rounds, if not the greatest ball striking round ever. He came to the 18th fairway, missed the missed the fair 18th tee, missed the fairway, and uh, didn't hit the green. It's the only green he missed. But but my point is is that at Oakmont. When Tiger had such great ball striking tournament, it was very difficult for him to get the ball close to the, to the hole because the greens are so incredibly fast. It was U.S. Open, so the greens were really firm, and you would have to hit the ball at a certain place and let it feed down off of a hill to get close to the hole. Where Tiger's at his best, where he just he sees the pin, he goes at the pin, and he sticks it. Right next to the pin, and when when that's the case, and that's how this this golf course was. And as soon as I saw that the, that the golf course was like this, and the greens were nice and smooth, I thought, man, uh, these are the courses that he he used to just tear up. Now, it, it, how he played at the at the Skins game, uh, you know, didn't uh, obviously reflect how he was going to play in, the, in in a tournament, or you know, uh, me and other betters would have would have. Uh, you know, made a lot of money, and even the great predictor Steve Johnson couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't see that one one coming. But uh, Tiger gets it done, and it was uh, well. I mean, it was it was it was special. Uh, you know, good field, um, but you know, like I said, a short field. And when you get those short fields, and you get Tiger, you know, anything can happen. He's got he has so much more experience than everybody else. Uh, and that's one of the big keys that he has with finishing off tournaments. 
There's another big key that uh, I'm going to talk about when, when we come back. We're going to take a little break. Uh, hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Young and ready and we do what we like We came to party and we're going all night Fill up your cup and come and dance in the light Let's get this party bumping We're doing it right So, Minnesota Tim, uh, give me your. Uh, you had a couple of questions for me, or a couple of points you wanted to bring up. Lay it on me here. 
Yeah, so I remember when Tiger made a huge deal about his 80th win on the PGA Tour. He won yep, the Tour see, Championship. That was what I was talking about, remember? Yeah. At the, yeah. yeah, at the Tour Championship, the entire crowd, the nostalgia, all the players waiting for him to board the Ryder Cup plane. You know, just a surreal moment for Tiger. And at the winning press conference, he says, when reacting to Nicholas's wins and all-time majors and all that stuff, Tiger goes, I've got 80, and he doesn't. Yeah, that's what that's what he was doing. He's, he's trying to get everybody thinking like that. That's why when he when they asked him about his Mount Rushmore and Goff, he had him and Jack and Sam Snead up there. So he, Snead, you know, you wouldn't normally see his name associated with, uh, you know, just a, a small, small group at the, at the top. I think he had Bobby Jones, uh, Jack Nicholas himself and Sam Snead. Just an interesting, you know, four to pick. I mean, leaving, uh, Byron Nelson off, leaving, uh, you know, Ben Hogan off, uh, you know, Walter Hagen had 11 majors. Uh, he, you know, he he wasn't on the list. You know, I mean, it, it just he he put a guy on the list on the on the Mount Rushmore. OK, that had, uh, well, Sneed. What did he have? Seven majors. OK, but he had the 82 wins and he was he's he's building up, you know, the that win total deal. That That's a big deal, which it, it is a big deal. And you wonder why maybe that's not the the mark that determines uh, who's who's considered the greatest player ever. But, you know, it's 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 not. And I don't think it is in other sports. I mean, when I think about tennis, I always talk about Grand Slam wins, too. They kind of kind of judge that the same way, it seems. Uh, and when they when they talk about about greatness there, they don't mention all the different tour victories. You know, whenever I watch a tennis term, they always talk about how many you know Grand Slam events Federer's won or Nadal's won. Uh, they don't talk about how many you know uh, Miami Opens they've won or you know whatever whatever else they 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 got going on over there. So, but that but that's Tiger building building that up. It's a, it is a big deal though. There's there's no no two ways about. It. And I think at the very least. It it will be or could be uh, the tiebreaker, you know. Let's say he ties Nicholas's record, eighteen majors. They both got. Let's say they both had eighteen majors. Well, Tiger's won more PGA Tour events and a much bigger percentage of them. I mean, I, I think that definitely would be a tiebreaker that would go to Tiger. And another thing, Hank, I was looking at. So you talked about uh, Tiger's driver accuracy off the tee. Yeah, And, um, it, I mean, it was great in rounds two, three, and four. Didn't have a single round underneath 69% was his lowest. But in round one, he shot a 64, and his fairway accuracy was 46%, which just shows you how great he is with, with his irons. No, there's no, no doubt. But see, he, the fairway numbers are um, – here's the thing. You'd rather be in the rough than in the fairway – if you could be 20 or 30 yards longer. So so that's, everybody knows that now. You'd rather, you know, hit it, you know, bomb and gouge. Bomb it down there, gouge it out. The other thing is when you look at the fairway numbers, they don't tell you anything. Like the first round, he had six fairways. And the second round, he had eight fairways. Okay, now you look at that and you say, and there's only 13 tee shots because there's, there's an extra par three in there. It's par 70. But uh, but when you, you look at this, and you say, oh, all right, he, he's hitting six out of 13. But what does that mean? How many times did he hit it in the first cut of rough? 
How many times did he hit it in the rough where he actually had a bad lie? How many times were there holes where you'd rather be in the left rough, uh, you know, than the right side of the fairway? There, there could be a hole like that. Uh, you know, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't tell anything. That's why they have the statistic now, strokes gained uh, off the, you know, off the tee, strokes gained approach shots to the green, strokes gained around the green, all, you know, strokes gained putting. They got all these, there's much better. Mark Brody, who's, who's the great statistician, has brought all this to the PGA Tour. Now, because of, of the fact that they don't, and they didn't have shot link, where they, they you know, on every hole they set up, a uh, you know they've got spotters going out and then every hole they've got this like you know scope set up behind the 18 or behind the green you know behind every green there's just you know it's it's just, they're looking at every shot they're measuring where every ball goes and that's how they know you know you you drove it exactly 283 yards and you got you know 198 yards to go or you've got a 34 uh, you know, foot six inch putt. They they measure it all, but they didn't have shot link over there. So, so, so all the statistics they can come with are old school statistics, which are fairways hit, greens hit, don't mean much. Uh, putts, you know, once again, uh, it means something, but but not uh, not that much. But but my gut tells me uh, that uh, ball striking wise, strokes gained, uh, well, probably strokes gained off the tee. Uh, strokes gained into the greens, approach shots to the green, no doubt in that category. Tiger, from what I was watching, uh, Tiger blew away the field, blew blew away the field, uh, and that's usually been the case with 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 his 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 wins. That uh, that's not the only key though. I was I was you know going to tell you about you know some of the other big keys. Here here's one big key with why Tiger can always finish off golf tournaments. And I you know I never I never bought into this deal the 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 worst thing that people were selling when tiger was struggling the worst thing the dumbest thing anybody that had this idea has no clue whatsoever about what they're talking about so anybody who ever pushed this theory at all i i don't pay any attention to because they don't have any idea what they're talking about and that theory is that somehow Tiger had lost it mentally during his struggles from you know 2013 to 2000. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You don't lose what he has mentally. He is a special athlete who is an incredible winner and has such an unbelievable wealth of experience that he can draw on at any time. And you don't lose that. When Tiger was struggling and wasn't winning, if you go back and you look at his statistics, he was like 160th in putting. He was 150th at greens and regulation and strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained approach shot to the green. These are categories that he he is always, always top 10 strokes gained tee to green, always. Always. That's just a, a hallmark of his game. And always, uh, well, even better than that in, in strokes gain approach at the green. He's, he's you know, his, he averages like, you know, for his, the high, you know, a highlight of his career. I mean, he averaged like, you know, I'm sure he averaged like one something. I mean, literally, it was just crazy. Now, now last year, 
uh, you know, not the the best by his his standards, but still he was tenth in strokes gained approach shots to the green. Uh, you know, and that was given the fact that you know later in the year he clearly was struggling. He struggled. Now we know, you know, he struggled with his 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 knee somewhat. But the thing that Tiger can do besides the fact that, like he said in his interview, when they talked to him afterwards, he said, I can think my way around the golf course. Rarely, rarely did he ever, ever make a mental mistake. Like when I would coach players on the tour and I coached over 200 players on the, you know, all the various tours, PGA Tour, Corn Ferry, whatever that thing is, uh, European Tour, Champions Tour, LPGA Tour, all these players that I coach. And after every tournament or after every round of every tournament, I would go through, you know, because I'd watch and I would go through the whole round and I would say this swing on number two and this putt on number four and this chip shot on number eight. And what about what were you thinking on number 10 when you made this play? And what were you thinking on number 18 when you made this play? And why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? Not one time. Did I ever, in six years of coaching Tiger Woods, did I ever question how he played a hole? To be honest with you, I really never did. He just never made course management mistakes. Nobody can manage. Now, I will say this. I did see you know, something out on the, the golf course one day. It was on the par three. Uh, and and this, is, this is just really nitpicking at managing your game. Uh, but the pin was on the right, and he was teeing off on the left-hand side of the tee. And there was, you know, a, you don't want to miss it to the right because that would be a short side miss. The day before, the pin was on the left. He hit off the tee from the same same place. So, so I will say that sometimes on par threes, uh, I would I could logic out and say I that sometimes he will occasionally tee off in a spot that maybe I would have said you're better off in the middle of the tee or in the on the right side of the tee because the, the idea is is you always tee off on the side of the trouble and you hit away from the trouble. So for instance, if the pin's on the right-hand side of the green, you don't want to miss it right because that would be a short side miss, leave you a hard chip shot. So you would generally say tee over on the right-hand side of the tee and hit to the more towards the middle of the green. It gives you a better angle to the middle of the green. The exception is if you were trying to make a hole in one or you were just so accurate it was incredible, or you had a short iron in your hand, you didn't really have to worry about missing the green totally. Uh, then if you tee off on the left side of the tee, it would give you a better angle to a, a, a pin that was on the right if if you were trying to, say, make a hole-in-one. But that was, would be the only thing that, that I ever, ever, ever questioned uh, Tiger Woods on his course management or, or mental game. There just, was just never a, a question. And, and you don't lose that. You don't, you don't forget how to do that. I mean, he just has that. So he said, he said after his, his round, after his win, he said, I, you know, I can think my, my way around the golf course. The, the most underrated thing, and I don't know if, it, if it's underrated. I, I think people do understand how good he is at this, but I don't think they, they really get how important this one thing is. And the one thing is, is Lag putting. In order to to have the record that that Tiger has, and 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 that it's not just the eighty two wins, it's the forty five out of forty five when you or forty three out of forty five when you have the outright lead, uh, you know, um, uh, 
what was it, uh, 24 out of 24 when you got a lead of three shots or more. I mean, he just, he, he, he doesn't spit up leads. It just, he doesn't. Well, part of the reason is, is he can lag putt so well. When you can lag putt like he can, it takes so much pressure off your game. I mean, nobody can, can, can do that like he does. And I think back to the last round at this Zozo Championship. And you think of all the times when Tiger could walk up, didn't have to mark his ball, and just tapped it right in. Now, you contrast that to what happens with Jordan Spieth, for instance, or Sergio Garcia. I mean, it you know they roll it up there. It's two or three feet away, and you're just sweating whether or not they're going to make it. Okay, uh, Tiger rolls it up there, doesn't even have to mark, step up, tap it in. It's underrated how important that is because every shot that you hit either will give you energy or take energy away. Uh, you know, if if I make a par on a hole and I got to walk up and just rake in a six-inch putt for par, it's not the same as you having to make a four-foot comebacker to make par. Those those two are not going to be the same. Uh, that four-footer, you had to mark it. You had to stand over at the side of the green. You had to wait for the other guys to putt. You had to think about your putt. You had to grind over that putt. You made that putt. And, and yeah, you made a par. But at the same time you were doing that, I was standing over there relaxing, already thinking about the next tee shot. It's just, it's just different. And he is, is and has been so good at that uh, that that, it, it, I always thought, is, is such a key. Like he could hit the ball in the, in the middle of the green, play safe, play conservative, hit it in the middle of the green, leave himself a 40-footer, put it up there a foot from the hole, walk up there, tap it in, and he's done. Other players hit it 40 feet from the hole, and and they you know they struggle to two putt, or they know that if I hit it 40 feet from the hole, eventually I'm going to have a have to stand over a four footer, and I don't want to stand over a four footer. This is the same logic I, I used when when uh, Tom Watson lost the the uh, Open Championship when he he lost when he was whatever he was you know 59 years old or something, and, and he you know it was going to be the greatest win of an Open Championship at that age, and uh, Stuart Sink ends up beating him in a playoff, but. But remember the 18th hole, and, and, and Watson hit it on there, and it landed on the back of the green, and it just rolled over. Well, you know, it's such a huge green. He could have easily hit the ball in the middle of the green, and everybody said he didn't, he didn't. Why did he try to go for the pin? Why did he hit it all the way back there? Why? Because he did. He knew that one club less would not get him inside of 40 feet in all likelihood. And he knew if he had a 40-footer, there was a good chance he was going to have a three- or four-footer on his next shot. And he, he he's not very good at those at that stage in his career. So he tried to get it closer to the hole so that he would have a shorter putt for par. And what ended up happening is the ball went over the green. He ended up having to chip it up. And then, you know, of course, the rest is history. He missed the putt. Uh, but when you can lag like Tiger can, you can play more conservatively. And you can take less stress or take a lot of stress off your game. You play with less stress. And that's a that's a big thing. One of the things that Tiger mentioned uh, during in his press conference, too, was that 
you know, he said, I, I was on the lead when you have to play for five days, which they had to because they had to have an extra day there. Uh, and you're on the lead for five days. It's a lot of it's a lot of extra pressure. And that's something that he's had a lot in his career. So he knows how to handle it. But it definitely is a thing. You know, I mean, it, the easiest way to win and there's, you know, there's no easy wins, but the easiest way to win is when you are behind, you're behind, you're behind, you post a score on Sunday and then someone else backs up and you and you get the win. That's the easiest easiest way to win. The hardest way to win, on the lead in the press room on the first day, on the lead in the press room on the second day, on the lead in the press room on the third day, and here we go, we got a five-day tournament because of the rain, on the lead in the press room on, on the, the fourth day, and now you got to play a fifth day. That's the hardest way to win when you gotta you gotta hold on to that lead the whole time, and nobody's ever done it better than uh, than, than Tiger Woods. So we'll take a little break, hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back on the Hank Any podcast. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Until 
welcome back, uh, Minnesota Tim. What uh, your your observations? I know you had some more questions for me. Yeah, so I I mean the biggest observation that I had was just uh, obviously Tiger went three over in his first three holes, which yep. he seems to start off slow in tournaments, but to bounce back so strong was fascinating. And to go twenty two under in sixty nine holes after three over in the first three, I, I thought that was incredible. All right, well, one of the things that happens when you, well, when you play in a tournament that has no cut, you have less pressure. So I know you, you know, he's three over par after the the you know first three holes, but he's not going home after thirty six. Uh, you know, so there's less pressure there. He knows it's a no cut uh, tournament, so you got plenty of time to to you know make your comeback. Because I mean, the, listen, PGA Tour, you got to shoot whatever you know, two, three, four under par to make the cut. You're three over par after after three holes. Uh, you got 33 holes to get to four under par just to make the cut. And now you start adding up, think I got to play seven under par the next 33 holes just to be here for the weekend. Well, you don't have that when you have a no-cut tournament. So right away, your mentality is a lot better. I mean, you know, that, that I'm here for the long term. I got plenty of time. And like even Tiger said, he said after he was three over par, then he start, he reset his goals. And he said, I was just going to try to get under par for the day. Well, he did better than that. He got to 64, six under par, par 70. He made nine birdies. Uh, but but no pressure there because there's no no cut. And, you know, how much pressure you're really feeling when you're, you're you know, you're probably sitting over there on a, a, a $2 million or $2.5 million appearance fee. Uh, you know, you're not you're not feeling quite as much much pressure pressure there either. And the other thing is the lower expectations. He's coming back off knee surgery. Uh, he knows that he hasn't played, and if he plays poorly, or you know doesn't score well, or whatever it is, whatever, however you want to call it, uh, what what are people going to say, Tim? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna say rusty. He's rusty. You know, that's what they yeah. say. Yeah, they're gonna say he's rusty. Okay, so he's got a free pass. Uh, so, so the the pressure of a uh, that's on you after a bad start is not there. No cut, a uh, couple million in appearance fee, and uh, you got a free pass. You got a free pass because you know uh, CNZ and all the boys will come with Rusty if you don't uh, you don't play good. That's you know. So, so, so anyway, not that he didn't want to play good, uh, but he wasn't sweating it out. And a lot of people like to make the narrative that Tiger needs to play more to play better. I think back to the 2010 Masters after the scandal where he finished T4 and hadn't played for how many months? So, Hank, then Tucker has the long layoff from the BMW to the Zoso Championship. So do you believe in the play more to play better theory for Tiger Woods? No, he just needs to play better. That's all. He doesn't need to play more. He's he's not going to be a a player that wins uh, you know, thirty something percent of his tournaments anymore. I mean, those days are done. He's an opportunistic player. If he's on that week, he's going to be tough to beat because he's got a, just a wealth of experience and he still has a skill set that's you know can compete with anybody if he's on. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's just a question of what week is he on, and and I, I don't think playing more is 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 the answer. To be honest with you, now practicing more might be the answer. Uh, you know, it was interesting to hear Bill Kratzert uh, talk about Tiger, and, and now he says, uh, 
now that his knee's better, he can practice more. And he's always been somebody that likes to practice. Now that his knee's better, he can practice. I mean, it's like I listen to this stuff, and I'm like, where do they come up with this? I mean, you know, you can't practice because you're back, can't practice because your knee, can't practice because your kids, can't practice. You know, I mean, listen, uh, if he's healthy enough to play golf, he can find and, and he wants to practice. He, he he'll practice. So who knows? Maybe he practiced more before this tournament because he was coming back off the knee injury. I, I don't I don't know, um, but he didn't look very prepared at uh, you know on Wednesday at the skins. He started off hitting it terrible. Uh, he didn't look very prepared when he bogeyed the first three holes. But he's Tiger Woods, and. He's capable of anything, you know. I mean, I, I think back to to when, you know, I'll give you another a little analogy about it. Mark O'Meara winning this year at Tucson. You know, Mark wins at Tucson. He hadn't even played like a week or two before that and just decided he'd show up and just see what happened. The fact of the matter is, is he's a Hall of Fame golfer. And you know what? When you're that good and, and you can't even – I mean, they're both Hall of Fame golfers, but there's no comparison to Tiger Woods and Mark O'Meara. Uh, you know, the only comparison is Mark did win Player of the Year one year, uh, you know, and, and Tiger didn't get it that year, uh, 1998. But but the 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 point is is when you're that good, uh, and, and you could just get it. I mean, Tiger could go out there. And be hitting it like crap on the range and hitting it all over the place. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, he could make nine birdies. I mean, that's just that that's just how good he is. That's all. All right. So the last thing I wanted to ask you, Hank, is Tiger gonna go on another celebratory tour after having 82 wins? <laughs> oh man. Uh you know, he did. It seems like he kind of went on a celebration tour after the tour championship, and it seems like he kind of went on a celebration tour after the Masters. Um, but now he's he's got a built-in rest because he doesn't have anything. See, I don't, I don't know what else he, he's going to have to get together, but that's a nothing. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, and he doesn't. You know, he, he sixteen guys will go out there and just slap it around. And if he happens to catch a hot streak, he'll, you know, everybody will tell you he's going to win every major next year. And if he, you know, plays no good, you know, won't, won't mean anything. Uh, he, you know, that's that he's got that, and he's got, of course, he's got the Presidents Cup. And now it looks like, you know, he'll he'll pick himself. He he pretty much said that in the press conference because when they asked him, uh, I think it was the interview that he did with uh, uh, I forget who, who Todd who Lewis. Was being, yeah, Todd Lewis was interviewing him, and he said, uh, you know, <laughs> it was interesting how Tiger put it. He, he, he said uh, – The player impressed the captain. Yeah, the player impressed the captain. Well, he's the captain, and the player is himself too, so he impressed himself. So, you know, that was that was pretty much uh, I'm picking myself, which, uh, you know, is is isn't that surprising given the fact – especially given the fact that – you know, Tiger was 13th on the original point list when they stopped counting, and uh, and I think you know it's it's a pretty you know it's a pretty for sure, and it's not a hundred percent for sure, but it's a pretty for sure that Kepka's going to drop out, 
with his knee. I mean, he's probably going to need surgery. At the very least, he's, he'd be better off resting than going to, to play in, in that stupid President's Cup thing, uh, which means nothing. And it's to be a, a U.S. wipeout anyways. We'll kill him. Um, so... You know, if Kepka drops out, then then that, and, and even if he just went straight off the points list, you go nine, ten, eleven, you know, twelve and thirteen because you need five guys now. So so if Kepka drops out, you really got five picks, and you know one of them is going to be Tiger Woods. I mean, that's just you know a, a foregone conclusion, uh, and you know he's 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 in on 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 that right there. Yep. That's what that you know that that's that's there's been a lot of intrigue and there still is about you know who the who the picks are going to be but that's going to be you know something that you're going to see for sure. All right, Tim, uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, always uh, always good to be with you. Fun stuff and uh, yeah, really fun and uh, historic. Everybody's uh, you know it, 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 here you go. The only thing that gets golf going uh, you know in the off season is uh, Tiger Woods. Now it you know gives golf a little uh, you know shot in the arm. Tiger you know with his uh, 82nd PGA Tour win, and that'll carry us through uh, to well whenever uh, whenever he, he shows up next. Of course, we got more wraparounders coming, Mister Wraparound. Uh, yeah, we got a wraparound, but it's nothing like uh, nothing like 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 Tiger winning for sure. That that uh, gets golf going. It's it's uh, really good stuff. Thanks to everybody for uh, listening to the podcast. We're having some great great response, and uh, that makes us feel good. Uh, make sure you uh, follow us on your uh, iHeart app so you get the uh, podcast every day. And uh, for sure, uh, tell your friends as uh, we appreciate the support. You can also follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney. If you got any questions or emails or you know anything like that, you can send them in to Hank Haney Golf at Outlook dot com, uh, and you can call the show as well. And Minnesota Tim will uh, check out your calls, and if you know we got something that's uh, interesting, we'll plug it on the air. And uh, you'll hear it on the podcast, and uh, maybe it's a question that'll get us going, a comment, whatever. Uh, 833-426-5763, extension 801 is the number. And we'll be back again tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.